You are listening to a sermon from Gateway Foursquare Church in Campbell River, BC. We are so glad that you joined us today and trust that the Lord will speak a word directly to you as you listen. To learn more about Gateway, find out what's happening, or to give a gift online, check us out at www.gatewayfoursquare.ca. You are welcome to join us in person each week at 9 and 11 a.m. Now get ready. Here is this week's message. Back in King Jimmy's time, you know who that is? Some of you call him King James, but I like just King Jimmy, less formal. You know, when they decided they were going to translate the scripture, they did their level best to try and transcribe it word for word. And uh, that can be good. It was attempted to be good, but it wasn't always so good. Um, It uh, did not bring clarity in some ways, and in fact, it it brought confusion in some areas because of trying to do this. We all know this. Every time that, um, every time you try and translate words from one language to another, things automatically get lost in the translation. I remember we, years ago, we had a a family that our whole town sponsored, you know, when we, when you sponsored boat people in the how long ago is that now? Se- late 70s, I guess. Man, that's a long time ago, eh? And anyways, uh, she said that she, the, the one lady, she really complained about learning English from being from Vietnam because she says, I was so funny in Vietnam. But in English, I'm not funny. And she didn't like it. She didn't like it one little bit. So things get lost in translation all the time. One of the, one of the uh, prime example of that is found in John uh, chapter 21, starting at verse 15, it goes, So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Now, if we're just talking about the word love, right? And so why, why is there an issue? Well, there is obviously an issue because otherwise Jesus wouldn't have said it to him three times. There would not have been this, this, this uh, exchange would have not had to go on three times. Now, sometimes a husband and wife will say, do you, you know, I love you. And they go, do you really love me? Yes, I love you. Do you, but do you really, you know, we, but we'll do that as a joke. We know the first time we said that they loved us, that they love us. We know that. But sometimes we'll do that as a joke, but here it's not a joke. If you look at, if you go back to, to the original language of Greek, you find out that there are actually two words used here, two totally different words. There is the word agape. Most of us know what agape love is, and you know, it refers to the love of God. This is the love that God loves all of us with. It's a love that seeks nothing in return. And, it, and this is God, God loves us just because. The other word is, is filio, and this is commonly referred to as brotherly love. We have the city Philadelphia, which is called the city of brotherly love. That comes from the Greek. It wasn't some American that thought that up. They weren't that bright at that moment. But, so we see here, and so now if you go back and you, re- and you read through it, you start off and it says, Simon, son of John, do you agape me more than these? And, and says, and then Peter comes back, Lord, you know that I phileo you. You know that I love you as a brother. And then Jesus says again, but do you agape me? And he says, Lord, I love you like my brother. You're my brother. I love you like my brother. And again, he asked him the third time. And on the final response, Peter was able to say, I love you with no strings attached. So we see when you throw something else in there, it, it, uh, it, it, it is, there's nothing wrong with how he said it. It's just, it's just that's, it's a totally different way of looking at it. Now, in marriage, 
phileo love is not that bad. Right? Lots of marriages survive on that type of love. They do. They do. When I do something for my wife, do I expect something back? Sometimes I do. When she does something for me, does she expect something back? Sure she does. I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Right? It's, 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 not, a bad, it's not a bad, bad thing, right? It's not. Lots of us do things for one another knowing that I've got one in my back pocket if I ever need it. Like, you know, like I have a truck, but I hate to move. Okay? Just so you know. Just so you know. I have a truck, but I hate to move, right? But if I go help somebody else move, guess what? I've got one in my pocket because someday I am going to move and I'm calling in that, I'm calling in that favor, right? Right? So, you know, let, let's face facts. You know, that love is not a bad love. We all use it all the time. But how much greater is it when we love expecting nothing in return, right? That's when we know that we love one another. That's when my wife knows that I love her. When I'll just do something out of the blue, I won't expect a, a, check, a check on the fridge. I won't expect a cookie. I won't expect any of these kinds of things. She knows that I've just done it, and, I haven't, and, I've, and I've done it without even you know, making a big deal about it. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen every once in a while, just so you know. And uh, so, and, uh, but we can love our brothers and sisters more than just, you know, I love you like a brother. You know, you're my brother, you're my sister. But we can love even stronger than that. Another, another verse is found in Romans 10, 17. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Now, that word faith there or sorry, the word, that word hearing the word of God, many have translated that to mean the Bible or to mean logos, right? If I, this, our, our word, that's where I get my faith. But that word actually there is rhema. And that is a word that God speaks to you uh, through um, an utterance. It's an individual or a collective or it's specifically, it's on a certain matter or a particular matter or a, a topic. So you see, there, you see there's, a, there's a difference? Now, is all scripture beneficial for teaching and doctrine and this kind of stuff? Yes, it is. But if God speaks a verse to you and makes that real to you, that's a rhema. You can walk on that. You can bank on that. You can do whatever you want because God has spoken that to you individually, right? He's spoken that to you as a purpose. This, the, uh, the first time that it was used, it was, it was used in the New Testament is on Matthew 4 and 4, and it says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So God turns logos into rhema, and then that becomes real to our hearts. We had, uh, we had some, some close friends of ours. We shared the same name. We were the two Steves. And uh, we had a lot in common. Our fathers were pastors. You know, we had, we had quite a bit in common. Coca-Cola. You know, all, all, the, good thing, all the good things of life we had, we had in common. And, um, but uh, God decided that they were going to move to Georgia. And uh, his father had originally come up from the States to pastor a church in, in uh, I believe it was Alberta. And uh, so they came up as a family. So he was already American citizen. His wife wasn't, but they talked to a, they talked to a lawyer and they said, just move down here. Don't tell nobody. Don't bring, don't, bring it, don't bring stuff across the border looking like you're moving here. Just move here. I'm serious. Uh, just, uh, these, are, these are the immigration lawyer's advice. Just move here, and then we'll figure it all out afterwards. It's much easier to do it from inside the country than it is to do from outside the country. One's an already American, so only one of them's breaking the law, technically, you know. So they went, so they took a trip down there, and uh, they have a very good friend down there that um, uh, puts out books puts out books for churches, 
that um, you can, if you're a business owner in the church, you can do this, and it's kind of a directory of businesses with inside that church, and da-da-da-da-da. Tells you how to treat each other fairly. Don't expect a deal just because it's a brother in the church, like so many Christians like to think that other brothers and sisters should give you a deal. No, they shouldn't, because they deserve their money, right? God says a workman is worthy of his hire. We'll leave that one right there. So um, that was free of charge. That was free of charge. They were down there, and while they were down there, they thought, the guy says, well, why don't we just go look around just for fun, just to see what's available down here? So they did. They went to look around, and they saw a little farmhouse there, and it was sitting on, I want to say, about five, six acres, something like that. And so they went in there. They stopped. They stopped in. Well, they found out that this lady was ancient. She was in her 90s, and she figured that this place had gotten too big for her, and she didn't want to do it anymore, and that, that, and they thought, oh, man, this is the perfect place. This is what we've been looking for. Uh, this lady, his, uh, Steve's surely wanted to set up, uh, she wanted to make, like, hand soaps and do different things like this. They wanted to get some alpacas or something like this. They wanted to get, you know, do some things with uh, some different... Um, Angora things too, and oh, oh, raise chickens and you know, sell eggs. And they wanted to have a little hobby farm, and that's what they wanted to do. So, this was perfect, right? So, before they went down there, though, somebody said, shared with them, I don't know what this means, and I can't see anything in here, but anyways, they said Isaiah 55. And so, in I, there were some verses in Isaiah 55, and it was, and at the, near the beginning, it says, um, Come. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. And then there's, a, and then there's some other stuff down in there. But they looked at all this stuff and they thought, well, thanks for the verse. I mean, you know, thanks for this chapter. And it uh, means, nothing, means nothing, but they went down there anyways. Well, they left that place and then their friend said, why don't I buy that place for you? And then when you sell your house up there, you can pay me back. All of a sudden, that verse came to them, and you will buy with no money. All of a sudden, that meant something to them. Further in that chapter, it also mentions, for some reason, it mentions myrtle trees. And there are myrtle trees on that property. All of a sudden, something that was logos, that meant nothing, became rhema to them. Gave them the faith to borrow that guy's, to let that guy spend his own money and, and, and buy that place for them, and then for them to come later and, and to do that. And uh, so we see how it is. Now, when I originally, I, t- I, I talked to Matt a while back and said that I thought <clears throat> that I had a word. And I was certain that my word was going to be on faith. I was positive of it. <clears throat> and he started preaching on faith in that other series, but I thought, well, he hasn't said everything that I wanted to say, so, you know, he has left me some room. I thought that was pretty good. I was, I was pretty fair of him, but, you know, I had not told him what I was going to preach on, so, you know, I can't, I can't squawk about it, right? You know what I mean? But uh, two Thursdays ago, I was uh, on my way to work, and the first, uh, the first verse that I read this morning um, came to my God spoke to my heart. He said, Steve, do you love me? Now, that was a rhetorical question to me, to my heart, because if the answer was yes, God wasn't going to be asking me. I knew what the answer was because as soon as he said it, felt like my heart got cut. So I'm sorry you're here today because this message isn't for you, okay? 
I thought I knew what the application was going to be, but it isn't that anymore. The application, at that point, I knew that it came for me. I knew that I was in the same place as Peter was. Yes, Lord, I love you. As a brother, I love you. And there's even been times that I can say I loved you with a agape love. I'm not expecting it, but I know that for a lot of my life, I do expect God to do things. Right? I do. I do. I haven't just loved him for no other reason but to love him. So I knew that I was, that I was like Peter. Daniel 5, 27 came to me and it, and it says, Tekel, you have me remember when it, it was that when when that uh, I think it was Nebuchadnezzar or I can't remember I did, didn't sorry I didn't look far enough I just knew it was this because it spoke to me. It said, uh, "You have been weighed on the scales and you have been found deficient." Or the King Jimmy says, "You have been found wanting." At that moment, that that's that's exactly when God spoke that to me. That's what I felt like. That if you're going to weigh my life. I've left something on the table. There hasn't, everything hasn't been put on that scale. I've left something behind. I speak, and I have in the past, of a revival or of a revival lifestyle or a sold-out lifestyle, but, but that, has been, that has been theory mainly. I have, I have, I have experienced small doses of, of revival. You... You know, when this church went through renewal years ago, our church went through renewal, you know, and it was, it was wonderful, wonderful times. And, um, um, but I believe, I believe that, uh, that it has felt wonderful, but it, it, it didn't, it didn't last, right? It, it didn't, it didn't change my, my lifestyle for, for the rest of my life. Uh, it didn't change my ways enough to want to maintain that lifestyle to live in the presence of God. And I, uh, and I feel that I need to repent of that this morning. Both to all of you, to my church family, and to my God. Because a church does not grow, and a church does not move into the things of the Lord without everybody coming along. And without everybody doing their part and so if I am not doing my part I have I have held the move of God up I have held things from happening we were we were over to Jim and Beatrice house for, for supper this week and uh, when they when they when before we left they prayed and uh, they didn't realize it, but uh, words that they spoke that night in prayer, and, and Amy spoke, and they didn't have a clue what I was speaking about. They didn't have a clue what I was speaking about on Sunday, and they just confirmed words. So uh, that, that that's why I feel that I must that I must share. I I can't I can't not, I can't not share. I, I love I love revivals. I do. I love reading about revivals. I love read books on Azusa Street and and uh, Indochina and and uh, um, you know it's great. Like the church in China is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, I there's one one story I remember. There's a, there's a, two two girls. They just got out of high school, but they knew that the next village didn't have the gospel. So they weren't thinking about a career, what job they were going to get. Their first thought was that place does not, that town doesn't have the gospel. That was top priority. So they went over there. There was no place. They didn't have no money. They went there with no money. They didn't raise their support, you know, like us good mission, us, us good folks over here. We raise our support before we go anywhere, right? We're, you know, we're not crazy. <laughs> so, but they were, and they went, and uh, they, they lived up in a, they found a cave outside of town. They lived in that cave. When they woke up in the morning, there were mushrooms at the entrance to that cave. They lopped those mushrooms up, 
cooked them into broth and, and ate those mushrooms. And uh, every morning, there were more mushrooms there. Every morning. And they would go into the village and they would share the gospel. And then one of them finally got a job. And the first, day, the first morning after that person got the job, there were no more mushrooms. God provided and they were done. I love stories like that about what God can do. I love stories of Smith Wigglesworth. He's one of my favorites. I love reading about these people. I remember one story. They were talking and, and uh, somebody asked Smith to, if he would pray in a pre-service prayer. They were a little pre-service prayer before, you know, they went, up, went outside, out, out to the meeting. They, would ask, they asked him to pray. And he started to pray. And as he prayed, the presence of God came into that room in such a strong way that everybody had, else had to leave. One by one, they walked out the door. They could not stand the presence of God. It was so strong in that room. So strong. And I think of that, right? And I go, you know, when I've been asked to pray, I haven't cleared any rooms. <laughs> Not a one. Not a one. And that happened on more than one occasion with Smith. And one guy heard about the story, and he decided that he was going to stay in there right till the end. And he says, all I was was the last guy to leave. That's, that, that was the end for him. He, he couldn't there, and Smith was still praying. You know, Smith, it's been, it, many times they talked to him, and he says that, uh, he says that, um, that uh, he, I don't often spend more than a half an hour in prayer at one time, but I never go more than a half an hour without praying. And people who visited him found that out firsthand because they could be having a wonderful conversation. And in every, about every half hour, he would just go, and it's time for some, it's time for some Jesus. And he would open his Bible, and he'd say some words, and then they would have a time, have a time of prayer. That was his lifestyle. Now, you know why the, the, miracle, the miracles that that man saw. You know why all of that happened. A plumber who knew nothing of God. Was, was the most crass man. And even to, by today's standards, people would wonder, he punched more than one person in the gut. <laughs> and when they asked him why he did it, he says, there was a demon there, and I, and I, and I punched the demon. That person did not feel the punch, just, just so you know. They didn't feel the punch. That demon did, but that person did not feel the, feel the touch. Sometimes he would shake people out of their bed if they were sick. He would shake them out of their bed. You need to get up. But he only raised 14 people from the dead, from, from the dead during his lifetime, at least that many. That, that's how many are actually recorded. So he knew what he was doing, him and the Lord. They had a strong relationship. They knew what they were doing. Many of you have heard about what, what has been going on in Asbury, um, Kentucky. And uh, I, under, I understand that things are going to be changing in the next little while. They've, they've come down and they are, going to, they are going to change it because, you know, they are a college and p kids are, 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 have paid tuition and they are to be going to school. So there's not going to be, it's not going to be as free reign. They're going to bring, bring in a little bit and right or wrong and all that other kind of stuff. That's not, <laughs> that's not my decision to make and I don't know. But all I know, all I know is that for the time that they had that, it was wonderful. But you know the one thing, the one thing about all of that is, is that it can, God never wants that to stay there, right? God always wants everything to move throughout his whole world. You know, but, but what it is there, you know, it, it's, it seems like there's, every once in a while, God just goes, you haven't been listening. You ain't been doing what I've been saying. So I'm just going to show up. And then hopefully you'll change your hearts. And you'll readjust your lifestyles so that you can live like this. I believe that the apostles lived 
in a revival atmosphere and in the presence of God their whole lives until somebody until they were killed off the different ways that they were. I honestly believe that. I don't think that revival, you know, if you want to talk revival, is a one-week thing or a one-year thing. I believe that, 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 that living in the presence of God is a lifetime <clears throat> calling. Jesus said that when he came, he came to give us life and life more abundant. It's something that, we, that he wants, wants us to have, this, this abundant life. He, he didn't want to do it. It's not like a fix. It's not like a vaccine. It's not like something that is temporary. It is something that is to be experienced every day, every day, every day, every day. Friday night, I, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. Now, was it the gentle snoring of my wife? Or the Lord. I'm going to have to go with the Lord. Now, what happened after is I don't know. But, um, but I do know that the next part was God. <clears throat> I, uh, I haven't felt joy. For a long time. And uh, moving to Campbell River um, has, been, has been very tough on, on me. Do I believe that we were to move here? Yes, yes I do. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't disbelieve that, but, but it, has not, it, it hasn't been, been easy on, on, on me. And uh, it, things have not turned out uh, even close to, to what I was expecting. And uh, uh, don't get me wrong, there have been happy moments. I haven't been in a state of depression, you know, kind of thing since I've been here. You know, you don't have to worry about that. But... Uh, but things, like I say, things just didn't go like I imagined. And uh, I, uh, I, I've talked to God ab ab about, about this. And uh, that, that night, the, uh, the verse from Psalm 1611 came to my mind, and it says, Thou will make known to me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. Yeah. <sighs> and at thy right hand, there are pleasures forever. So there God showed me where I was, was going to find the joy that I had been missing. I wasn't going to find it in friends, making new friends. That, that wasn't where the joy, that wasn't where my joy was going to come. My joy wasn't going to come, well, if Matt would just let me up here and preach more often, that wasn't going to be where my joy came from. Well, if I would just get to, you know, if I would just do this, if I just, that, that those were just all things. I'm only going to find the joy that I'm looking for in the presence of God. Now, <clears throat> you see, some of you might go, well, Steve, you've just been crazy or plain stupid because that verse has been there for a long time. <laughs> But you see, that's what I've been talking about before. That's the difference between when something is logos and when it becomes rhema. When God breathes it into your spirit, you can go, I can stand on that. I can see that uh, I haven't seen that verse as clearly as I thought. And you go, well, we used to sing it as a chorus. Didn't you get it then? You know, we should sing that as a chorus forever. Didn't you get it then? Obviously, I didn't. It didn't make it that 18 inches. You know, make it from here 
all the way down to there. It never made it. You know, so much, so much stuff that, that we learn gets stuck up here and it never makes that 18 inch, uh, that travels that 18 inch down to our heart, right? It, it, just, it, it, it just gets stuck there with all sorts of wonderful stuff. You wouldn't believe all kind of trivia that's locked up in the stupid head of mine. I can almost quote to you all the, all the years of the 24 cups that Montreal has won. I can tell you what years it, like stupid stuff. Who needs that? Who needs it? I can tell you, you know, did you know the Rocket Richard scored 544 goals before he retired? Who needs that kind of information? I can tell you all kinds of stupid stuff. But the stuff that's really important has got locked up in there with it, and it hasn't got, and hasn't got down to there. I can clearly, again, Peter, Peter and I are buds, unfortunately, I guess, because, you know, but I, I seem to learn the same way Peter does. But, you know, when Peter went out and walked on, walked on the water, right, you know, I, I, yeah, I've got faith to believe, yeah, yeah, but I've also, you know, a little bit of, little bit of distraction comes, it gets tossed at me, a little bit of life starts hitting me and all, God, you know, that's my first, my first, I'm just crying right now, right, God, why, you know, that's the first, that, that's my first response, so do I love God, do I expect, no, I'm not loving God like that, I'm loving you like a brother, and right now I need something, brother, you know, I, 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 I can, I can, I can, uh, I can uh, be like, like Peter so, 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 so much. God, please, please save me. I searched other references in the Bible, and, it, and joy comes up 430 times. That, 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 that's more than once a day that I, can, that, I can, that I know where my joy comes from. Whereas happiness or being happy only ha comes up 10 times. Happy, being happy, which is, which is the main goal of the mental health people these days, happy, be happy or happiness, that's the main goal, is a fleeting thing. They are never gonna happy, it's, it's, it's never good to, to base your mental health upon being happy. It just isn't. Because being happy means that I'm thinking that it's gotta be good for me, right? It has to be good for me. I have to feel health. I have to feel happy. And if I'm not happy, I'm not healthy. And God says, if you spend time in my presence, my joy will be given to you. And that joy can go through anything. That joy can live, and it doesn't matter what goes on. Sad things can happen, but I can still have joy. Bad things can happen to me, but I can still have joy. Joy is something that sticks. It sticks like glue. It sticks like the best gumbo you ever had. It doesn't leave us. It stays with us. So in a lot of ways this morning, you know, today I, 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 I feel hollow. And, I, and I'm not expecting poor Steve and, and anything like this. I'm not because I'm, I'm happy. I just, I'm just sad there was so much hay, wood, and stubble that needed to be burnt out of me in these last little bit. But all that needed to go because God has reserved something far greater. And I pray that I become more beneficial to, the, to this body because of what God, wa what God wants to do. Just as, you know, the Bible talks about how my body is not my body, but it's my wife's, and my wife's body is not her body, but it is mine. And it is the same, it is the same about this body. My, the, gifts that God gives, the gifts that God gives us for this body are not for us. God didn't give us, give them to me so that I can do, look at me, I got this gift, you know, nothing like that, and not share it, not do that. God gave us gifts so that we can share with the body as the body has need, right? That's just the way, that's just the way it is. And so, you know, that, that, that's, you know, that's the most important reason as to why everyone needs to be here on a Sunday morning. It has nothing to do with the benefits of you. Nothing. It all has to do with the benefits of everybody else that is here. 
we need to be here in case God wants to use me to minister to somebody else. You need to be here in case God wants to use you to minister to somebody else. Because we all find out very quickly that the gospel, although it is for us, ain't about us. You know? And, and, and so we need each other. We do. We can't, we, can't get, we can't get along without each other. And so we are here, all of us are here, and God places all of us in, the, in here for the, for the benefit of the whole body. You guys may not know who uh, Gary, S. Paxton, Gary S. Paxton is, but he was, uh, uh, if any of you guys, guys remember PTL, Way way back in the day, he was the guy that uh, was the engineer on the on the records that Tammy Faye produced and sold, and and then he did he did a lot of stuff. He was the you may know this though. See another trivia question that you know you never know you need before. Gary S. Paxson was was the person that recorded the Monster Mash, wrote and recorded the only song to ever have been. To ever have been released at two different times and go number one two different times in the history of music. There you go. <laughs> Toss it out there. Anyways, he says that when everybody's asking what part of the body they are, he says, I'm the armpit. Nobody wants them, but everybody's got two of them. <laughs> <clears throat> so when when God um, like I almost had to pull over to the side of the road because <clears throat> I could almost not I could almost not see the road there that couple Thursdays ago. But uh, as I was mulling on that over time, you know, I always I also knew that God was going to um, um, after He got it cleared up whether I loved Him or not. You know, the next part, right, is that He, <laughs> he wants to know whether if I love the, you know His body, right? Because you can't just love God and not love His body, right? We have some people that don't go to church because they love God, but they don't like his body. You can't, you can't, you can't do it. You, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't. As imperfect as we are, you know, that, that's it. Now, I want you to know that on this part, on this next part, I've got it the easiest. Because you all are much easier to love. I know how damn hard it is to love me. And if you're questioning it, just ask those who are closest to me, and they'll tell you how hard it is to love me sometimes. So on, I want you to know that on that part, you guys got off lucky, okay? You really, you, you, no, no, I got off lucky, I'm sorry. I got off lucky. You guys are the ones that are going to have the, have the trouble. But I know that, that you know, when we've been um, going through um, in our, Home fellowships, you know, we've been talking about the gifts of spirit, right? And and uh, all in the middle of chapter of Romans, I mean, of First Corinthians twelve and fourteen, God stuck this chapter thirteen in there that had all to do with 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 something, right? And and why is that? It's because if it ain't done in love, it's just like. A clanging cymbal. Now, does that sound very musical, melodic, or anything you really want to hear? It doesn't, does it? A clanging cymbal sounds horrible, right? Even, even, even the best drummers like, a, like cymbals that sound good. Yeah. It don't matter. A clanging, a clanging you know, it, it don't sound good. So I, I know that, I know that, that you know, that, that's the part that God wants, God wants, uh, to, to fill my heart with love even even more than than than, than what has been there and uh, um, I, I normally I, I like being up here honestly I do normally normally I do I, I I have I have never I have never uh, felt uh, pressure or, or uncertainty like I like I <clears throat> like I have. And if if I only needed to to preach this message to lock it in me, 
and, and, and to do it publicly so that I couldn't rescind on it, then that's okay. So whether there's an application for, for the rest of you in here today, that's, that's, I'm going to leave that in God's hand because I'm not preaching, like I told you, I'm not preaching at you today. I'm, I'm, but after, after I wrote this uh, uh, down yesterday, I went, up, I went outside and I, I split some wood. That seemed like a good thing to do at the time. Doing a mundane thing like that for the first time in a long time, I felt some hope. And I felt like a weight had been lifted from, from my shoulders. I felt lighter than I had for a long time. I also want you, want you to know that um, God never hit me over the head once. Just, just so you know, okay? He never did. He didn't hit me over the head once. Didn't call me an idiot. Didn't call me a fool. He didn't do any of that. So I can tell you today that it's okay to come to a, rep a point of repentance. It's okay. And that I, that I know that at that point, you will find the love of God. You will find the grace of God. And, uh, and you will discover hope there. Because apart from the presence of God, I will not ever be complete. Do you appreciate Steve? Thank you, Steve. <clears throat> as my wife wipes her tears, she'll come to the keys and help me out as we wrap up. Let's stand together this morning. You know, it's something I was uh, chatting with my, we were on the mainland, and I was chatting with my brother. He's my twin, uh, if you didn't know. And uh, we love having good long discussions. We missed a ferry yesterday because of good long discussions. Um, but we were chatting a little bit about, you know, Steve, as you're talking about revival and these things, and we were chatting about, uh, for some of you might not know, because you just, you know, you're living life and loving the Lord and all these things, but there's, a, uh, there's been a re some really sweet moments happening at Asbury University in, in Kentucky, and, and it's been spreading, and it's praise the Lord, and, and what it's looked like is these college students have just been like wanting to be in the presence of the Lord and repenting and in worship and prayer and and uh, my brother and I were chatting about it yesterday. We're like, how cool is it that it's, um, well, and I, I, I'll just to throw in the preface, God works in so many different ways. He's so good. But anyway, something really sweet about what's going on is that it's not about, you know, a slick musical presentation. There isn't a rock star preacher that's drawing in the crowds. It's the presence of the Lord simplicity. So Steve, even as you're sharing this morning, I was just like, sometimes we just need to hear someone's story, what God's processing. And we heard the word and this, and this encouragement. But I think it's pretty clear what the Lord's stirring in our own hearts. I think we can phrase that question to ourselves too. Lord, the Lord, the Lord asking, do you love me? And you've set some example for us. It's okay for us to wrestle and say, oh, Lord, I know there's some areas. So let's just bow our heads for a moment and have a you and Jesus moment uh, this morning and saying, Lord, I love you. If there be any way in me that's not of you, let's just bring those things to him. Let's allow him to stir. And perhaps he's already done that by his spirit this morning. And, uh, and so let's turn those things into some prayers. Lord, help me. Lord, give me the strength. Give me the insight, the wisdom. Lord, I, you know, even as you're processing and as God's 
pointing some things out to you by your by his spirit. So Lord, we come to you today. We want to be those fully given over to you. You are worthy. You are Lord. And Lord, if there'd be any way in us, any areas in our lives, Lord, where we haven't given it over to you, or maybe we gave it over and and kind of took it back. Lord, we present ourselves to you. We submit ourselves to you. All of us. As God's people are praying today, maybe you're here or you're watching online and some of this sounds a little bit, what does this mean? What does this look like? Maybe you're not even a believer yet. Well, Christians have come to the conclusion that our lives are best lived, surrendered to our Creator. Believing that He died and rose again for us. Trusting Him only for the forgiveness of our sin, that we can have righteousness, a right standing, a relationship with God. And so maybe even you're here today or watching online and today the response might be, Lord, I do love you and I give myself to you in surrender all of ourselves to him. I'd love to follow up with you. I know Sally will follow up with you in the chat about that. If you need somebody to pray with you, we'd love to pray with you today about what it would look like to give your life to Jesus. But for God's people, as we've gathered today, forgive us, God, for areas we've held back. We give ourselves to you in the simplicity of faith, lives lived before you. And you've been so faithful and will continue to speak to us through your word, guiding us, leading us by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. What's the Lord stirring on your heart, B? This is just for, for Steve. It's confirmation because it's been going on in my head. I've watched season three, episode eight of The Chosen. And I encourage you, if you've never watched it, it's when Peter is coming, when God is calling him out of the boat and coming him, asking him to come, come, come to me and walk on the water. And we've all got our boat. We're all in a boat with our the disciples. If you see the rest of The Chosen, you see that they're just a motley crew. They fight, they bicker, they tease, they, oh, they're just, but they're all in the boat, like our boats. But in order for us to get that intimacy, we have got to get out of the boat. It doesn't mean we abandon our friends or our church or family. We have to have that alone time that Steve's talking about. And we have to get out of the boat and step out. And it's, you think it's so scary, but when you step out on that that water and Jesus is right there and he's saying, come and he takes your hand. He's taking our hand. He's right there and he wants to take our hand and he wants to show you, show you, show you. God, we just thank you. as you come totally, totally to me. 
it's not a scary thing because as you give everything up, I give everything to you. But you have to give it all to me. Every room that you've hidden, every place that you don't want people to know about, every place that you think it's, it's safe. It isn't because the devil has authority over you because you've given it to him. And he will come to torment you and steal. But give it all to me so that I can give you life. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> the Lord operates in different gifts, preaching and teaching, administration, prophetic gifts, words of encouragement. They're often like punctuation points, just little highlighter moments to say the Lord's calling and speaking. And so, Lord, we hear your call to us today through the word as we've worshiped through prophetic uh, gifts this morning. Your still small voice still calling us deeper towards you. And so, God, today we just hear that simple call, but Lord, we want to we, we want to respond to it. You're calling because you, there's there's room to grow. There's a an intimacy to be experienced that we're not yet experiencing. So, Lord, we hear your invitation, and we will draw near. We thank you, Lord, for the promise of your word that as we draw near, we'll find you. As we seek, we'll find. As we ask, it'll be answered. As we knock, the door will be opened. Oh, Lord, move us from places of just kind of static existence into actively pursuing you, Lord. We choose you. We come to you. We thank you, King Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, I bless your people. Lord, as we've gathered here today, Lord, that we ask that by your Spirit you would continue to prompt us as we go from this place. Lord, that we would find places to be with you, <laughs> to hear your voice, to allow your word, by your, your Spirit to speak to us through your word, by your Spirit. We long for you. Transform us. Continue to make us more like your son. We give ourselves to you. And I bless your people, Lord, as we go from this place. Lord, with eyes more open than ever before, with ears more open than ever before, and determination in our hearts to seek after the Lord. God, we hear your call. Here we come. Thank you, Lord. Officially, we're dismissed. Oh. Yep. Yeah, there's a, some gatherings happening in, in parks, and we'll post it on our, our Facebook page here, uh, shortly. And we have worship night tonight at 7. You got something for us, Nikki, to send us away? Preacher Vance um, Havner once said, We are not going to move this world by criticism of it, nor conformity to it, but by combustion within it of lives ignited by the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God. Let's go change the world as God gets in here. I like that. Thanks for joining us today. We trust that the Lord has something great in store for you. Do you have a question or a prayer request? Send an email to info at gatewayfoursquare.ca or find us on Facebook at GatewayCR. Don't forget we gather each Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. at 403 Fifth Avenue here in beautiful Campbell River. Have a great day.